Welcome everyone to episode 87 of the RGW Podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening, for tuning in once again. It is Wednesday, November the 14th, 2018. I'm not quite sure where that accent came from. Um, but anyways, sitting across from me, of course, is my good buddy E-Rock. How you doing, E-Rock? What up, buddy? What up? Interesting times in pro wrestling land. I do not recall a time of such weird uncertainty <laughs> slash instability as the last month. It all started with Roman Reigns. A month or so, yeah. And it's gotten weirder and weirder from that point on. Yeah, yeah. We're definitely going to be talking about some uh, some of the weirdness, some of the changes. Injuries, swerves, oh. character changes, all over the map. Everything is, like, definitely this past week in wrestling has been a strange one. It has. It has. Um, plans have changed due to circumstances, and we're going to talk about those, of course, in our rumors. Yep. We're going to, of course, be talking about the uh, Survivor Series pay-per-view coming up, which has changed all uh, as well, again, significantly it's been in the such past a long, 48 hours. It's been such a long time since we've had a WWE pay-per-view. Thank God we're having one now. Man, we were just talking about the fact that it has been, oh, it's been so long. It's been exactly two weeks <laughs> since the last big WWE event. No kidding. Crown Jewel. Ridiculous. All over the map. We were discussing this. Super Showdown, SmackDown 1000, Crown Jewel, Evolution. TLC is probably right around the corner. It is. It's like, I think it's either first week of December or something like that. It's crazy. As someone as someone I know would say, oh man. May or may not be me. <laughs> uh, T- uh, the Mind, of course, is uh, on... Uh, are you going to give The Mind a new nickname? <laughs> They're gonna I was call, gonna like, call him tea, tea bag or something. <laughs> I'm gonna call him T Bone. <laughs> T Bone. Love that T Bone. Yeah, his name is T Bone. That's his name. <laughs> Shut up, Mojo. Because <laughs> what happens is uh, I went and got uh, a bought a stick. And I said, hey, give me the biggest stick you got. So give me a T Bone. And I said, I was asking for a, I wanted a Y Bone. It's kind of weird. He sounds like me, but he doesn't. <laughs> You'd swear I have multiple personalities. I miss the minds, the minds version. The mind brings a brings um a depth to Mojo that my, we're missing. My, mine's like a hacked attempt at the minds. Mine always sounds more like Tony Danza. Yours is a Tony Danza. Mine's a hacked rip off of the mind, and the mind is a complete reincarnation of Mojo. Yeah, no, like I said, he definitely brings a certain depth and dynamic yeah. to the Mojo Raleigh character that's actually missing from WWE. You got it. Uh, it's it's a mystery. How he how he does it, I I have no idea. No. Um, and then to end off the show, of course, we've we've actually got a special guest gonna be uh, gonna be tuning in with us, talking about the uh, talking about Survivor Series, but also talking about a huge match that he just recently had. We're talking about the social media superstar Jay Walker, the local wrestling icon, the legend himself. Um, I'm trying to think of other nicknames. I could just call him randomly. The Showstopper? Oh, he wishes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, what is he called? The, the Glitch in the System? The Glitch in the System. Uh, that's 100%. Right. The Man Who Crosses the Street Illegally. I made that one up. Hence his name. Jay that should, Walker. That should be on his t-shirt. <laughs> the Man Who Crosses the Street Illegally. The front illegally. says Jay Walker and the back says 
Jay Walker 316. I just crossed the street. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, he's going to be discussing uh, that recent match, that, that first ever Winnipeg casket match. Crazy town. What was involved preparing for it, the storyline involved, the match itself. Looking forward to discussing yeah, it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing the hear, hearing the ins and outs of that. Absolutely. For sure. So, uh, without further ado, E-Rock, if you want to kick us off with our first rumor, please. Will do. So, there were many unhappy wrestlers, mostly from the SmackDown side, backstage after Nia Jax, Jimmer's favorite wrestler, injured Becky Lynch, per Sean Ross Sapp, among others. Good old SRS. If that's a thing. <laughs> PW Insider said there were multiple scenarios WWE went over on how to deal with Lynch's injury, including, believe it or not, possibly having her drop the SmackDown Women's Championship. I don't like that idea. No, a little background here. If you, if, uh, you have not heard yet. In case you have slept under a rock. Correct. Uh, on Raw, Becky Lynch led... A uh, mob of uh, wrestlers from the SmackDown side, the uh, women wrestlers, of course, um, to basically invade um, Raw. It's, I mean, it's just not anything that we haven't seen before, but I don't know if we've really seen this sort of invasion from the women before. And it was also very cool because it was led by Becky Lynch, who is arguably, at this very moment, like, probably the, the whitest hot... Um, person on either show yeah. male or female entire roster absolutely like she's white hot right now um so anyways it was very very cool in the uh big huge brawl that occurred which of course is part of the course um she went to go take on nia Jax, and nia Jax just potatoed her right in the face i mean she she went after Jax, and you could tell Jax, from a shoot perspective, didn't know Becky was there. And she kind of grabbed her shoulder, but it looked like she kind of skimmed her face. And Jax turned around, and like you just said, like she just cranked her. Don't think she meant to do it that hard, obviously. Or at all. Maybe it was supposed to be a work punch, I'm assuming. Sure, yeah, well, I guess she definitely kind of like lost herself in the moment, perhaps. I don't know. Well, it's a pretty flustered moment, right? Like These two different brands are supposed to be furious with one another and who knows how much practicing they truly had and, and whatnot so Nia was probably a little flustered and went a little too far without meaning to do so yeah so all said uh becky lynch ended up with a broken nose oh um i actually or, didn't know that part yeah broken nose broken. wve is actually referring to it as a broken face oh but it is in fact a broken nose has been reported um and a concussion so, unfortunately, the WWE had to make the decision to pull her off of the pay-per-view this coming Sunday. I'm surprised she got a concussion from that, based on just just a punch. To she the must have... Well, if you saw that punch, she punched her hard. Becky's pretty tough, though. She kept right back up. She's tough. She, you know what? For her to be able to finish... Yeah. Um, what... You know, until you actually saw that clip later, you didn't even think that maybe she... You know, she would have a concussion. Um... Because they did like they weren't really on the two of them at the time. Like watching the show, all you saw was Becky got clipped somehow, and her face was all bloody. Yep. It was a great moment. She all like really kind of reminded you of Stone Cold. 
yeah. how he had all the blood at WrestleMania 13, right? Sure. Um, just a badass. But uh, as it turns out, we saw afterwards that, yeah, she got cranked by by uh, by Nia Jax, you know, who weighs, I'm going to say, probably 100 pounds more than her. Sure. And is just, just strong and powerful. Yeah. Just cranked her. So she, yeah, she went down. Um, awesome that she finished the segment, but um, obviously did tests and concussion not good not good I'm sure she'll be back soon enough let's hope i th- like i feel she will be um like they they didn't have her drop the title yet so that says to me that they feel that it's probably going to be a relatively short recovery the only problem of course is it's six days before the pay-per-view yeah that sucks which you know if it was if it was last week and the pay-per-view was two weeks from then yeah, I bet you it would have been okay. You think she'll be back for TLC? Oh, I think she will. I'm hoping so. Yeah, I think she will. Um, the only thi- the the only scenario that I could see is um, like if for some reason they did have to drop the belt, is for them to drop the belt um, from Becky and then her winning the Royal Rumble. Makes you wonder what kind of tests they do for these head injuries. Like yeah, like I don't know what they do in other sports. Like are they giving them MRIs? Are they going? Maybe yeah, I don't know. Like they do, they do some sort of a test. Like I think you can tell just based on like the vision. Okay. And they say typically, if you see stars. Well, there's a you, slight you, memory loss, a short-term memory loss, headache, dizziness, nausea. Those are all common side effects yeah. of head injuries like that. So, like I think we honestly, and and they say that if you see stars, chances are you've probably had you probably have a mild concussion. I'm guessing a lot of us over the years have probably had mild concussions. Oh my shiny eyed surprise. <laughs> what in the world is that? <laughs> oh my goodness, is that butterflies? I think so. Is that by or it's um, sang by the same butterfly in my head? It's, it's, a, sa- it's a sang by the same dude. Is that that uh, crazy town? Crazy or town, I think so. Oh. Something like that. Your favorite band. Oh me, oh my Your your truly true favorite. Oh, Next up. All right. Sports Illustrated here notes that the Kurt Angle versus Drew McIntyre match on Raw last week was put together by Angle and Vince McMahon. Russell Votes says a big McIntyre po- uh, push rather is starting now. And WWE has major plans for him in 2019. Yeah. So I get, yeah, Kurt Angle was basically squashed in that match, right? Yeah. And it, Actually, Angle wanted to lose in that fashion. I wasn't really aware of this, but Angle and McIntyre have a little bit of history from back in Impact, eh? That's right. They fought. Uh, they actually fought as recently as uh, I, I read 2016, like early 2016. Well, apparently it was near. Was it near Angle's run? Yeah, near Angle's run. I think he, he may have been actually the last individual to wrestle Angle before Angle left Impact. It may have been, and um, and I think he lost to McIntyre. Yeah, I think he did the honors and yep. um, and moved on. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, so I know there's definitely some history there. Actually, as a matter of fact, um, I think I also saw... I, I don't know for sure. No, that would have been too early. Never mind. I was thinking maybe they fought in uh, his first w, his first uh, run okay. in WWE, Drew, uh, Drew McIntyre. Yep. But no, because uh, Angle would have already been gone. Because Angle left WWE in what? Would that have been 06? Sounds about right. And then Near he, that. And then he went to Japan. Yeah. And then he went to Impact after that. I believe that's how it worked. 
There you go. Something like that. And uh, perhaps in conjunction with the possible McIntyre push and talk of heat on Braun Strowman backstage, SAP Center has changed the advertisement for TLC and now has Braun facing the Barrage, Baron Corbin, instead of Drew at the December pay-per-view. And actually that makes sense because um, off-air we were talking about Strowman saying that he wants Lesnar. But no, he actually said that he wanted Corbin. That's mm. what he was saying on Raw, is that he wants Corbin. Okay. So that makes sense because, and then Stephanie said, you know what, you can have Corbin, but wait until after Survivor Series. Like, we need to work as a, as, um, uh, uh, like a united a unit, front. A unit, a, a team. U, a unit and a team to, to beat SmackDown on Sunday. So... Let's let's finish that, and then you can have Corbin. So that makes sense that, that he's going to be fighting Corbin at uh, TLC. But it is but it is also interesting because um, that is a bit that seems like a little bit of a demotion from. Well, have you heard about the the, the heat? Did you read anything? On, not, online? not really. I read a little bit of it online, and in a, in a nutshell, it has things like tardiness backstage. Okay. Um, in unreliability, that's a word. I'm not entirely sure if it is a word. Just not being reliable. Sure. Tardiness, not being reliable. Not taking things seriously. And that's a big thing. So is he getting a little too big for his britches? That's what he's starting to act mm. like. And you can't be like that. You can't be like that. No. No. No, his head's blowing up. Roar! And you're not, you know, you're you're not, you're no Brock Lesnar. Nope. You haven't been drawn a ton of money for years. Can't do anything you want. Lesnar can, but... You know. There's a few that can maybe get away with it. Um, Orton maybe, because he's been around for a long, long time as well. I don't know if Styles can. Styles, I don't think so. No, no. he hasn't been in the company long enough. He's been around for a long time, yeah. but yeah, it seems like Orton can do almost anything. Cena, Lesnar, yeah, yeah, pretty triple, much Triple H, Triple H. <laughs> pretty sure he could do absolutely anything. Probably. Although right now he can probably do anything but feed himself. He can do anything he wants except for cheat on Stephanie McMahon. Oh, oh Vince would eat that man alive. You do not do that. Don't mess with Vince's nah, blood. He wouldn't be. No, Triple I H, I think, is a good man. No, he's got like two or three children. He's got, he got three. <laughs> he's got three girls. That's right. No, no. You gotta be. He's. A, I think he's a. He's a family man. I'm, for I'm sure. just. I'm just trying to yes, poke yes. at what he could possibly do to go wrong. Yeah. No. That's he, one of the few. I, I think there's nothing he could do. They're going to get uh, renew their vows at uh, Wedding Chapel in Vegas again. <laughs> Is she <laughs> going to drug him? Ste she... He's going to drug her again. <laughs> Steph, can you take these pills? Why? Uh, you have a headache. No, I don't. Just take them. So she takes them. <laughs> do you take this man to be your to be your husband? I do. <laughs> road dog. What the? Ro what are you doing here, road dog? Where's, uh, where's Dewey? Oh no, we were hard up for cash, so I sold Dewey. <laughs> sold him, sold him on the black market. It's really gonna affect our song. <laughs> I can't even sing it now. There's no Dewey. <laughs> and the road dog, <laughs> full Mick and the road dog <laughs> fully replaces his son. Old man, old man Foley. Yeah, that's right. All right, moving on here. In the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, it's mentioned that there is a quote-unquote significant angle that is supposed to be part of Brock Lesnar's storyline going forward. 
and that it includes other wrestlers, uh, uh, other wrestlers than Braun Strowman. Meltzer mentioned on Wrestling Observer Radio that he heard that Brock Lesnar actually won't be wrestling Braun Strowman at WrestleMania 35, so any match between the two will be before then. So just added heat, eh, on Strowman not getting what he originally was, uh, you know, for say promised. Now it's going to be Lesnar versus random other people. Maybe so, Jinder. <laughs> so, so was then that whole thing then at um, Crown Jewel, was that just a burial? It seemed the like burial it. of Braun Strowman. Five F5s? Yeah. It could very well be, man. Like, it, it was... It's not like they were really giving him much. No. Strowman didn't get a single single strike in. Nothing. I think, I think the only thing he got in is he pushed Lesnar away, like, once. Oh, yeah, that's right. That, that Near was the it. end. That was it. Near the end. I think after, like, the third one, he somehow pushed him away. Yeah. And Vince then, is like, that's enough. That's yeah. enough uh, offense on your part. <laughs> Earl, tell him that's enough. Earl? <laughs> Earl Hebner's back. Earl, why aren't you picking up? Earl has to die. Na, 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 na. Vince, I told you not to bother me while I'm selling my t-shirts. <laughs> Don't bother me when I'm selling my t-shirts. <laughs> His shirts impact rules. WWE rules. <laughs> oh. So I wonder who is going to fight. Like, do you think Lesnar is going to hold on to the belt all the way to Mania now? Uh, It wouldn't surprise me. Like, who else is going to win? Who else is gonna is gonna beat him on Raw? Oh, uh, Bobby Lashley. <laughs> like I hope not. You can't of, see my face, but I'm grimacing right now. Lesnar's a face now. Lashley's heel. Oh boy. Oh, I sure hope not. I wonder. Yeah. Maybe maybe Lashley's uh, little his son, Leo Rush, a little <laughs> boy. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> Just something stupid. <laughs> Becky Lynch wins. Oh, but Becky, she's from SmackDown. But she is the but man. She's the man. Yeah, there you go. Done. She's the champ. Oh, what she's about both divisions? Well, we're kind of forgetting about Seth freaking Rollins here. Yeah, I he's not. Good. He's not exactly in the picture right now. Who is he uh, feuding with right now? I can't even off the top of my head. Mister Ambrose. Oh, of course, of course. Ambrose on Raw this week actually pretty pretty much put the final nail in the coffin of the Shield. Took the took his vest and he burnt it in a in a uh, a vestibule. A, I guess so. <laughs> in a dumpster. Can. A dumpster. A gar- garbage can. What was his reasoning behind it? Did you just said I'm done. Pretty much. Yeah, I don't think he didn't give a really solid reason. Nah. Kind of had enough of had enough of Rollins and that was it. <laughs> if I were Rollins, I would just stop fighting him then. Yeah. <laughs> this is over. We've we've wrestled enough. Nobody uh. wants to see this again. <laughs> <laughs> rehash after rehash. Alright, next rumor. Brian Alvarez said on Wrestling Observer Live that WWE social media has been told not to feature Hulk Hogan going forward, but he will return at some point or another. So when they need someone to come in and say 12 words at the beginning of a pay-per-view. In, in, hey, a, paper, Hulk. in a pay-per-view that's not in the United States. Yeah, right. Wasn't that just awkward at Crown Jewel? It made no sense at all. We didn't even really discuss that portion when we were talking about Crown Jewel. No, we didn't. But he he arguably had <laughs> the most pyro that I've ever seen for okay. one thing. Okay. His he he had so much pyro when he came out. 
The crowd was dead for him compared to what they should have been for Hulk Hogan. Well, yeah, you know it's funny. It's like the crowd want, like the crowd wanted Hulk Hogan, but when then when they kind of actually got him, they were kind of like, eh. They're like, you're old and flabby. You're not what we remember. Well, he's 65 years old. Exactly. Time doesn't just stop. Time stops for no one. <laughs> At WrestleMania 35, it's gonna be me, brother, versus Ric Flair. No! Don't do it! Please! Actually, Hulk Hogan and uh, Rusev had a little exchange on uh, on Twitter. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so there was uh, some sort of um, speculation at one point that Rusev might uh, <laughs> might take on Hulk Hogan. Oh, no. At some point. But Rusev's a face. Hogan's No, no he's not. He's he, heel again. He's heel again? Yeah. Oh, what did he no, do? No, no, he's face. I'm sorry. You're right. Okay, now I'm guy. just confused. The other guy is, is a heel. That's how much... Who's you, the other guy? Uh, Aiden. Aiden English. Oh, yeah. That's how much they've made us feel um, feel strongly towards him. Yeah. Don't even know if he's a face or heel right now. No. Getting back quickly, real, um, sorry, to the whole uh, Becky Lynch thing, when she got, like, uh, smashed in the face by, uh, by uh, Nia Jax, who did not get smashed in the face was Dana Brooke. There is a clip online of Dana and, um, because she's raw, and Lana, who, it was part of the invasion on SmackDown, and Lana is, like, going to give her, like, the, going to give Dana Brooke the forearms. You know how they always do, like, the forearms? Yeah. Anyways, she's going to give her the forearms, and she's just, like, like, not even coming halfway to her face. Oh, no. She's, like, not even touching her. And she was reacting to yeah. the strikes? Oh, no. It was brutal. Oh. That's like the uh, Gene Snitsky Kane big boots that we always <laughs> like to laugh about. Or how about um, Sasha Banks's uh, boots in the corner there? Do you remember those? Uh, not so much. Oh, she, yeah. She's going to boot the person in the corner. She's, they're, they're talking about her stomping a mud hole in whoever. And they... like. From, from afar, you can literally tell she's going. She's putting the boots to them, quote unquote boots. She's not even stomping them. She's missing by like six inches. Oh no! It was the. It was so bad. And let's not forget about Charlotte's. Oh, uh, yeah. Charlotte's kicks. Oh. The kicks to the. Oh, is it the boots to the face? The boots to the face. Where yeah. they're always four inches away and then they drop. <laughs> Terrible. Cringe. Cringe. Awful. Cringe. Yeah. All right. Uh, Roman Reigns recently started treatment for his leukemia, and any talk of his returning to WWE is "quote unquote" a long way off, says the Observer. Yeah, uh, in all honesty, I don't think we will see him. Do you think you'll see him before the two-year mark? Um, I want to say not at all in in 2019. No, I agree with you. Like unless. Mid, mid to late 2020? Yeah, like as unless treatment is going extremely well and it's not nearly as bad as they thought. Like, um, I just read recently that there was a hockey player who actually was diagnosed with um, a type of leukemia in, like, September. Okay. And he's currently playing hockey. Oh. Like, he's in the NHL playing okay. right now. Yep. Um, and I think doing treatment. Maybe he's not doing treatment. I don't know for sure. But anyways, he's got he's got leukemia and he's playing hockey. That's pretty crazy. So um, to me, it sounds like Roman Reigns is probably not. You know, is is probably a different kind. Yeah. 
So yeah, I don't know. Like for me, I I'd be surprised to see him back before 2020. As as would I. Like it's it's I obviously it's all speculation. You never you never know. Maybe they know something that we don't, and he's going to be bouncing back, and he's going to be back before WrestleMania 35. Well, yeah, right. But you best of know. best of luck to him. Absolutely. Yeah, from a shoot perspective, you can't say much more than that. I mean, really, I mean, it's hard to even describe somebody tougher than that. Oh, of course. Essentially, even mentally. Oh, absolutely. Like every day, probably thinking, hey, you know what? This could come back. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, and then your worst nightmare comes true, and it does. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's oh, scary just, stuff. It's, it's got to be scary for him, yeah. Well, good for him for uh, probably getting checked regularly and, you know, whatever. Hopefully everything works out. Agreed. All right, next up, Triple H versus Batista. This is kind of an obvious one, but was indeed on the cards for WrestleMania 35 per The Observer before the former tore his pectoral muscle. Man, this is just so that now that we know that the plans were Batista Triple H. Heartbreak. Oh, I'm disappointed. It, w- it would have been a good one. I feel bad for, you know, Batista, because this was, the as we always joke about, his one and only true match he wanted, and it's probably not going to happen. And I can't see him coming back for anything other than a WrestleMania. But again, never say never, because, you know, WrestleMania is still far away. Triple H is a beast. You never know. You just you, never you, know. I mean, you never do know. I mean, you see, you've seen John Cena come back uh, within like four months. Triple H is tough, man. You, we saw him. It wasn't good, but he he still continued to wrestle during that match. Uh, if he can do that, you know, with all of the months leading up to WrestleMania, who knows? Maybe he'll be able to do something with Batista. I know it'll probably not be as good as what it would have been, but. If he doesn't wrestle Batista this year, the relevance is gone. It's completely gone. It's just like the Miz and Daniel Bryan. No one will care anymore. Yeah, you 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 kind of missed your shot. So I feel if they don't do it this year, they're just not going to do it. Both guys are getting older. Both yeah. guys are fifty years old essentially. Um, are they about the same age? Uh, they are, they're both the same age. I think okay. Batista's older. Okay, I know I mean, he started later in his. I career. think Batista might even be in his fifties already. I heard he's like hundred and fifty. 150. Yeah. Batista. Yeah. Pretty old. <laughs> it was Mojo. Mojo told me that. Oh, Mojo? I think he might have uh, been uh, drinking again. I don't know what you're talking about, guys. I tell nothing but facts. <laughs> Sounds like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah, actually, they're the. I think they're exactly the same age. So oh, okay. Batista is going to be 50 in January. Yep. And Triple H. Triple H. Is going to be 50. In July. Speaking of um, quote unquote older ages, I was uh, just listening to uh, the uh, Bruce Pritchard podcast today, and they were talking about uh, when uh, the um, the Stooges fought each other in the Attitude Era in a evening gown match. Yes, and they were saying how uh, these guys were uh, supposed to be depicted as older men. That couldn't hang with the younger guys. Mm. But it, what's funny about it was, um, uh, who was the younger of the two? Briscoe. Yeah, Briscoe, uh, at that moment, was, I think, 53 years old. Uh, was Or he, he was 53? Yeah, 53 years old, the same age as what Sean and Tri- uh, and Hunt, sorry, Sean and Undertaker are right now. Actually, I, I think what it is, <laughs> is that 
in those matches, like in 2000, he was a year younger than Taker and Sean yeah. are right now, and they're wrestling. Yeah. And 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 Jerry Briscoe was considered an old man. Old old man. When he was one of the Stooges, right? Yeah. And like Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, they're like praised for still wrestling, but it's it's so funny to think about that. I think one of the reasons why is just what Jerry Briscoe looked like. You know, look is a, is a huge. He thing. had a difference. He definitely looked looked older. He certainly did, especially like look at Shawn. Shawn's still very much in shape. Jerry Briscoe, you know, I don't know what kind of shape he was in. According to to Bruce, though, he said Briscoe. Uh, from a shoot perspective, in a real fight, probably could have wiped the floor with 95% of the roster at that time. I didn't know that. Well, you know, guys like uh, guys like Jerry Briscoe, even even like like Pat Patterson. Yeah, I don't know how much you, how, I know Pat Patterson's an amazing um, entertainer mm-hmm. and whatnot, uh, pro wrestler. But apparently, like Briscoe's tough as nails. Old school, man. Yeah. Those guys were all tough. Yeah. Those guys were all tough. What would happen is that, like in the seventies and the eighties, they'd be like if you read about the, in some of these um, autobiographies, like guys would come up to them and challenge them to fights all the time, saying, "You're just a fake wrestler." And they'll be like, "Okay, you want to do, do do we do we need to take this outside?" Yeah. And of course they'd be like, "Yeah, buddy, let's fight." And these wrestlers would just like kill them. Like hacksaw Jim Duggan, apparently one of the craziest people. And strongest and toughest dudes you'll ever ever meet. Well, they always say the absolute toughest out of all time is still Haku. Apparently, yeah. They ha- always say Haku is the guy. If you want to go down a back alley and you're worried, you bring Haku with you. Well, apparently, Haku is the only person that was able to actually even intimidate Andre the Giant. Oh wow! Yeah, they were apparently. There's a story that they were on a bus one time. And um, uh, Andre was telling some stories, and uh, he had made a couple of kind of racist remarks, derogatory yeah. remarks. And Haku basically told him, "Hey, hey, boss, you need to, you need to call, you need to sit down, you need to stop this right now." And he kind of, you know, challenged them to even take him off the bus or something. And uh, Andre <laughs> wanted no part of Haku. I, I don't understand. You know, it's really interesting to me because. It's like a thing of legend because I don't know if you know because I don't know. I don't know what kind of fighting style he has, where he learned all this stuff, all the stories behind him. He's just apparently this insanely dangerous human being that is like the nicest person in real life. But if he needs to, he can go into machine mode. Yeah, I don't really know all of the ins and outs behind it either. Um, I think he's just like a naturally strong person. Like you've heard of like Bad News Allen being tough as nails, yeah. and that he's a and that he was in the Olympics with judo and stuff. But uh, oh. ha- yeah, but Haku, I don't know anything about. You know what? Let me take back that entire story I just told you. <laughs> you remember everything about Haku now? No. Or were was, you thinking about Bad News Allen? Bad News Allen. It was Bad, bad News Allen. Talk down on it the was. Giant. You know what? When My you were, bad. When you were saying the story, I was like, that's weird. It kind of feels like a Bad News Allen kind of story. Even as I was telling the story, something didn't feel quite right about it. But I'm like, it must be Haku. But Another, no, it's Bad News Bad Allen. News Allen was very tough as well. He was a tough guy too, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, okay. Uh, you know what? I don't know if... Was Haku around a lot with Andre? Well, maybe he was. I don't, I don't think he was actually. Because he's not as old as, as Bad News Allen. No. No, Bad News Allen's older. Yeah, so that's who it was. <laughs> Your story has become invalid. Totally has. 
Doesn't so. it doesn't um, take away from the fact that Haku is known as one of the toughest dudes out there. So back to Bad News Allen about being the guy that if you go down a back alley, and you <laughs> wait a minute, I'm so confused. Are they the same people? Haku, Bad News Allen, same person. Da da da. That'd be really weird because I think Bad News Allen died years ago. <laughs> Haku's still alive. Yeah. One's African American and one's Samoan. No, one's Tongan. He's not even from Samoa. Oh, I thought he was Samoan. No, he's from Tonga. Tonga. From Tonga. Oh, okay. He used to be uh, the Tongan, Tongan kid. I don't remember. Tonga kid. And then he was called Haku. And then when he was in uh, WCW, um, and he was called Meng. Yeah. He used to do the Tongan death grip. All right, moving along here. Alexa Bliss being pulled from in-ring duty for a second straight pay-per-view. And how WWE is presenting her on Raw right now has triggered speculation that she could be moved into an authority figure role going forward. So, was her concussion that bad that she just simply may not wrestle ever again? She apparently has had multiple small concussions over the course of the last little while. Oh, man. Yeah. So, it sounds like it's catching up. She herself has gone on Twitter saying that she's not going anywhere. Okay. That said, that doesn't necessarily mean that by saying that, that means that she's going to wrestle again. Right. She just may, you know, she, it's not like she's leaving the company or, you know, leaving the business. So, I don't know. There, But there has been speculation that, the, that, that she's going to have to be like Paige and is going to have to retire. Paige could wrestle again, though, I think. that It was a spiker, right, that caused the... Was uh, it her vertebrae or her neck? Uh, it was her... I think it was her neck. And it was one injury, right? She was fine before that. Yeah, there's rumors... At, there are rumors right now going around that's saying that she um, has been cleared to wrestle. Wow. She shot them down, Paige. Okay. Yeah, it's not true. She probably would have been back by now. I'm sure she would love to come back. 100%. And I, it would be, it'd be nice, too, because her movie's coming out, so for her to be able to actually wrestle and oh the relevance would be there again kind of yeah yeah she, <laughs> new trailer came out for that actually looks good yeah I'll, i'd be i'd love to see it you'll watch it i think so okay we'll watch it together sounds good all right it's a date oh things got weird oh <laughs> got weird didn't it that's pretty weird guys <laughs> shut up mojo <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't going to say anything but uh, it's, 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 it's kind of weird hey yo hey yo hey yo hey yo hey yo hey yo hey angela Samantha! That reminds me of the uh, latest Family Guy episode that came out. Um, Chris is sent to a, uh, what do they call it? Like Not not a reform school, but a... Like a a boarding school? Something like that. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Anyways, all the students are like like a Tony Danza kind of guy. All of their hair is slicked back, like in the movie Grease or something like that. (laughs) And they all talk like that, and Chris ends up talking like, Hey, 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 that Anyways, I digress. Next rumor. According to Dave Meltzer, the legend himself... DM. <laughs> on Wrestling Observer Radio, WWE struggled with house shows overseas and has become alarming for the company to have attendance down to this degree. Well, house shows in North America are down and they were still getting by because their overseas shows were still pulling in tons of attendance. But to hear now that their overseas shows now are suffering, that's a big deal. 
Do you think that uh, when they go and do like the super showdowns in Australia and uh, and whatnot, that they have house shows before and after the big show? I don't. I'm not uh, extremely sure about say like a super showdown. Like I know right now they've been touring like Manchester and like or rather the UK and Germany. Right. But there, but it's there isn't like a big event surrounding that. So I mean, that's insane. They fly out there. Wrestle a couple shows and come back in time for Raw or SmackDown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ugh, sounds exhausting. Well, this past week, I think, or maybe it was last week, Raw and SmackDown were both like in Manchester. Oh, okay. Well, then that's not quite as exhausting. So that's not then. crazy, no. But um, yeah, like I mean, I, I'm sure they've had weekend shows uh, in the UK. Yeah. And they've flown back to the states. Oh man, that's crazy. A little bit of jet lag. No kidding. Oh. All right, next up here, Shinsuke Nakamura uh, being featured in advertising for next spring's European tour has been taken by some as a sign that WWE is confident that he'll re-sign with them when his deal is up in early 2019. Come on! Why? I can't do it! It's the Shinsuke bug. It's in you. It just gets me. Nakamura going nowhere. You know, we said uh, quite uh, quite some time ago that we could see him leaving WWE and going back to New Japan. Yeah, I still could see that actually. I see that too. He's not really being used. He's the he's the United States champion, and he's still really not being used to his full potential. So like he, well, he wasn't even at um, was I don't think he was at Crown Jewel. Not at all. No. Wasn't and he's fighting Seth. Is there a lot going on between them, or they're just saying he's fighting Seth? They're, he's just fighting Seth. They've been talking a little bit about it uh, on social media. Um, <laughs> what was kind of funny was Seth Rollins on um, Raw. Like he was hardly even hyping the match against Nakamura because he was focusing more on Dean on Ambrose. Dean. And it's pretty obvious. I think Dean's going to interfere, costing Seth the match. Could be. What was kind of funny is Rollins was saying like I. He's like, um, I'm not even paying attention to Nakamura. So then on uh, on SmackDown, she uh, they were interviewing Nakamura, and he's like, <laughs> when he said that he's not even thinking about me, that hurt. He's like, Seth Rollins, you broke my heart. <laughs> so I'm going to break your face. Is that what he said? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good, actually. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. You should have said, so I'm going to break yours. Ooh. Oh, break your heart. With a heart punch. Ooh. That's right. Signs of, uh, I don't know. Who used to do that? Kurgan? <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a reference. <laughs> Kurgan. <laughs> what were they called? The three guys with the jackal. What were they called? Um, um, the, tr- the Truth um, Commission. The- Oh, I thought. Sorry, I thought you were going with the other one. No, that was was that was the, with the giant Golga. Everyone come to the greatest show. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Who else was on that one? There that was, was a, the freaks. There was a, the there was a giant, another giant. Golga, Kurgan yeah. and Golga. Yeah, Kurgan. Cool, and, yeah. And there was Luna. Luna was part of that. And of course, let's not forget the Jackal. Absolutely, he, the he, main character. Right. Um, oh, and there was also uh, Bull Buchanan. Oh, oh no, no, that was no, the that Truth was, Commission. That was the Truth Commission, yeah. No, the Truth Commission was, yeah, Bull Buchanan, Kurgan. 
and, and some other guy. I know some, what he looks like in my head, I but I don't know who he is. Yeah, and the jackal actually he he managed I think them before the, the oddities. Oddities, that's yeah, what they were the called. Oddities. Yeah, no, because Kurgan originally was I think he was called like the interrogator or something. And it was with three guys, and they wore all they wore like military fatigues. That's right. Yeah. I don't think Callus uh, liked that one. I think no. he liked the oddities more. <laughs> yeah, which is strange. Yeah. Well, I think he was. I think he was promised he was gonna. He was going to um, have a role like in wrestling. That's right. <laughs> as well, right? Yeah. Whereas he just they just had him as a manager. That's right. Yeah. He, he did some. He, he, did he was some, itching to wrestle. Yeah. He just did some commentating too. I'd forgotten all about that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Oh, uh, it is what it is, as we like to say on our podcast. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh-huh. Next up, Luke Harper appeared in pictures recently, notably on Brad Williams' Twitter, wearing a cast, leading to speculation he's healing from an injury. Hmm. <laughs> Who's this Brad Williams character, for one? You're some random dude's Twitter account. <laughs> We're just name dropping. Yeah, Harper and, Harper and Roman, they kind of fell off, off the face of this earth all over again. Yeah, well, Rowan we know for sure got injured, so he's gone. So he's out. He's for, out. He was out for a long time. Harper, there was speculation at one point that they were gonna rejoin put him back. with yeah. with uh, driver. Take me back to the arena. The goose himself. <laughs> wow, haven't said that for a while. Good old onion sack. Good old onion sack himself. Yep, I kind of took over the RGW. <laughs> Heck, oh. even Sin Cara's got very little bits now. It's all me. It's all about me, Mojo. Hey, 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 my name's Mojo Rowley. Don't forget about me. I'm still here. Sin Cara, get out of here. Get out of here right now. I got a moron. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm hungry for some pork and beans. It pays to have a character. You have no character. Listen here, <laughs> Mojo Man. <laughs> You shut your mouth. And let's l- let's not even talk about Fat Balor. <laughs> Oi! Where's me neck, Fat? Oi! <laughs> That's all he gets. Is sound hey, hey, sound hey, effects hey, and neck fat reference. Hey, Fat Balor. <laughs> what the heck was that? We we should do an episode where it's like the four of them. This is all characters. Yeah, Sin Cara, Mojo, Fat Balor, and the Goose. And maybe let's throw Sami Zayn in there. Why not? Sami Zayn doesn't really say anything. No, we just we, we just dances. We just we just bury him and I call him a loser. All the time. <laughs> And we used to say his music sounded like uh, Becky's, but she's too cool to reference no. to, to even talk talk those names in the same sentence. You now. don't even mention them in the same sentence. Do you think she should change her music? Yeah, she should change it to that Stone Cold music that she that she had on the video. Could you imagine if she um, she, with his permission, just used Austin's music going forward? Yeah. What would that be like? Oh man, that would be crazy. Would it be good or would it be weird? It's kind of like Ronda kind of taking on the whole Piper-esque thing. It'd be like, I'm the new badass anti-hero. 
And I'm the new Stone Cold. There's all kinds of comparisons to them for sure. I don't know. It almost work. I don't know. I don't think. But you, you know what? It would kind of erase Austin's legacy. The, the, the thing that's the thing, right? Like that music is Austin. Yeah. You hear that music, you associate it with Steve Austin. Yeah. I don't think you want to mix that. Kind of sully it at all by giving it to somebody else. That's true. You He's know, already let John Cena for. A few years ago, for a little bit, used that stunner a little bit too much, in my opinion. So yeah, yeah. That was kind of gimmicky. So, um, so no, I don't think that's a great idea. However, it's not a bad idea to give her some different music, for sure. Yeah, something a little more badass, because um, they've had other wrestlers where they haven't changed their music, uh, and it just doesn't work out. Like, Dolph Ziggler should have changed it, by yeah. far, among others. Like, they've changed Randy Orton's over the years a couple of times, so... sure. Hey, nothing you can oh, say. No. Nothing that you say what you've done to me. <laughs> oh, that's a bad one. Who who sang that one? Do you remember? I know it's called Burn in My Light. Oh, really? Uh, oh. I don't know who sings it, though. And that's okay. That's fine with me. I know it's Rev Theory that sings his current tune. That's all I know. Do they? Yeah. Really? I didn't know that. Give me a hell. Is that, that, that's not his music, I don't think, is it? Same singer. Rev Theory well, yeah, sings, uh, what would Orton's song be called now? Uh, I Hear Voices, I think. Voices, I hear it's voices. called, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, sang by Rev Theory. Are you sure? I'm willing to bet you five friendly dollars. Friendly dollars. Oh, wait, wait, that means legit. Uh, you're not going to do it. I don't bet anything. I know you don't. It's cheap. <laughs> At least you admit it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on here. Chris Jericho was apparently paid... 100,000 smackers for doing the greatest Royal Rumble earlier this year, according to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. That blows my mind. He actually did, I think he did an interview, and he talked, uh, like earlier in the year, he did an interview, and he and he just kind of hinted that they paid him a crap load. But, um, like, because they were talking about, um, I think in this interview, you had said you don't, you wouldn't, you're not doing this for the money. And he's like, I'm, I don't do it for the money. But sometimes, like I always said that it has to make sense. But sometimes, as in this case, if they're going to throw $100,000 at me for me to basically fly to Saudi Arabia, be in the match for four minutes, and fly home. Oh, man. Yeah, I think I'll take that. Absolutely. And you know what? By doing so, he kind of reattached his... Um not legacy, but re-reminded everyone that he's still part of the WWE family. Yeah, true enough. Uh, because before that, I don't remember the last time he was on WWE TV. It's been it a while. Had, it had been the year before. Year before? Like, no one had really... Well, no, it, it was earlier this year, for sure. Like, he, he had made a special appearance on SmackDown once in this triple oh, threat Oh, in match. the back with, with Elias. He did a little bit of the guitar Yeah, stuff. that's right. At Raw 25, he was there. But no, um, the last time he actually wrestled was a, was a big surprise appearance on SmackDown. Um, and he was in a triple threat match, I think, for the U.S. title. I think Kevin Owens. Oh, right. that was a while that, ago. That, was it the fall, maybe? That may be two years ago. No, it wasn't that long ago. Maybe five years ago. Maybe a decade. It was, uh, <laughs> it was that was actually in... That was uh, the Attitude Era. That was actually in the West 4 Wrestling Alliance. <laughs> when they wrestled... <laughs> With Kevin Owens. <laughs> Kevin Steen. He was a, a young whippersnapper. He was three. He's three years old. <laughs> Chris Jericho's beating up a baby. <laughs> the lion salt. <laughs> he just smushed that baby. Who turned him in to be Kevin Owens. 
Fat Balor comes out. Woo! <laughs> Hit me with the lion salt! I call thee neck fat. <laughs> One thing that Jericho also said in this inter in a recent interview is that if they wanted him to be like have another big appearance like at one of these Saudi Arabia shows or whatever they'd have to pay him triple wow another one pay him triple yeah. $300,000 that's right for, for like one match because again it's not about the money but sometimes it is sometimes it is if someone's gonna throw $300,000 at you to come and wrestle exact like again for like a, an insignificant amount of time why wouldn't you do it just for another $100,000 because he's got other things going. Yeah. He's like, eh. But in this case, he's like, you know what? A hundred grand sounds like a lot of money. Oh, absolutely. Think of what you can do with that. It For, for to basically fly out. That You know how much that probably helped him with his uh, Jericho cruise? Oh. <laughs> it, was, it would have been huge. A huge chunk of it, I'm sure, went towards the yeah. Jericho cruise, which helped make him more money than $100,000. Yeah. Like, I wonder how much money he made from the Jericho I cruise. I wonder, hey? Like, it's... Must have made a pretty good coin, I'm thinking. I'm thinking between half to a mil, right? Like himself? Yeah, prob probably. It's Or does that seem a little high profit-wise? That does seem a little high. Maybe a $500,000 profit? Probably made half a million. Yeah. Profit? Yeah. But, like that boat had a lot of people. I, I'm sure out. the alcohol did not go towards him. I'm sure that the alcohol purchases go towards the Jade, the, the owners of the Jade. But um, What's the Jade? That was the boat. That was the ship Oh. Yeah, it was called the Jade. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, well, you didn't listen to his podcast then about the boat, did you? I certainly did not. It was very interesting. Oh, wow. I should... I it, should was, it would still be interesting. Did he have it's, the Young Bucks on? Is that what they were talking to him? Was that the same one? No, he had that guy from England on that's kind of become his uh, partner in crime on his show. Um, don't know what his name is. But um, he has two shirts on ProWrestlingTees.com. Oh, wow. One of them's like... Who is so-and-so? Let's say his name's John Smith. The shirt's like, who the hell is John Smith? Is that what it says? <laughs> yeah, something like that. That's funny. He was on Jericho's cruise, too. Yeah. Trying to make a, a name for himself. Oh, well. Yeah. Cool. All right. Second last rumor. PW Insider notes they've heard Impact Wrestling is looking for a new television partner. Trouble in Paradise? They changed their, um, like, randomly... Pop TV, or if that's who they're with. I can't remember who they're with. I'm losing track. That's the last one I knew. Yeah. Let's just say it's Pop TV. I can't remember. But um, anyways, they used to be on at like 8 o'clock yeah. on Thursdays. They randomly, like, the like middle of the week of, like, let's say it was like a Wednesday. Yeah. They basically said, hey, starting next week, Thursday, now you're going to be on at 10 o'clock. Oh, man. They moved them up to, like, 10 or maybe even, like, 11. Like, it was... They gave them a really crappy time slot. And they didn't even tell them until, like, a week and a half before the show. So they had hardly any time to even tell their... Pe to kind of get advertising out there that, hey, we're not even on... T we're not on TV at 8 o'clock on Thursdays anymore. Jeez. Just screwed them around. Yeah. Well, let's... We always say it. Let's see how long they're going to be around. But they, they don't really seem to disappear, so... I've been calling for the demise of Impact for about seven years now. Well, I thought that Don Callis being involved would have helped them. I don't think it did anything. I really don't think it did anything. Apparently, apparently the atmosphere there is a lot better. Oh, that I could see. Absolutely. The guy is smart. 
he's a businessman. It just doesn't seem like they've really made much more of a name for themselves. Right. No, I totally hear you. And lastly, our last rumor of the week here. Coming out of New Japan, Tetsuya Naito told Tokyo Sport that he had recent, actually received rather and turned down an offer from WWE in June. Oh. Would he have fit well under the WWE umbrella? Nope. No. No, I don't see that. I think he would have been another Nakamura. Like another, in fact, maybe even worse. Maybe even worse because I don't... Well, first of all, I don't, his English is certainly not up to, up to snuff. You've heard him talk? what they want. Oh, yeah. Jericho, it's, it's terrible. It's uh, Subpar. Like, very broken. Very broken. Yeah, like I like it's uh, definitely a second language. Oh, yeah. You know, of course. So, um, and WWE like guys that can speak English very, very well. Yeah. Just, I think it's just the way it is. Yeah, we've had long discussions on the show about it. Heck, we've had discussions just regarding... Simple accents and dialects. Yeah. Never mind broken English. So. Yeah, like NATO's got his character is great. Like he definitely tells a story, when he's in the ring, and even listening to him in Japanese, like not even understanding a word he's saying, you can kind of get a feeling. Tell he's passionate. You can tell he's passionate. You get a feeling of what he's trying to do. Sure. He really does have the Japanese fans in the palm of his hand. Like nice. he is a charismatic guy. Um, however that language barrier i just i feel that that charisma is just not enough to translate into popularity in the wwe at least as much as you will you would almost hope he would get kind of like a nakamura i mean unfortunately like he, he does speak english and he speaks english okay but it's like for him to be a top guy i don't know like i'd, I'd be cool if he did but I just feel that, that they're not going to push him to the moon. Um, and unfortunately, that's one reason why. All right, that's it for our rumors of the evening. We're going to truck on over to the Survivor Series predictions. And who do we have on the line right now? Mr. Jay Walker himself. How's it going, Jay? Not too bad. Glad to be here for episode 100. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 87, buddy. I know, I know. I was just joking. <laughs> we talked about coming back for 100. That's so good. You guys You'll gave me enough back. money, I came back early. <laughs> yeah, we were just discussing, Jay and I, that we needed to get him back for 100. And I'm like, you know what? You just had a pretty big match. We should get you back for 87. In fact, we should have almost hey. had him here last week. But, uh, yeah, we got lots to talk about. We had him here on episode 50. Seems like such a long time ago, Jay. I know. <laughs> well, I think that's, it's a natural progression. You have him on at uh, episode 50, and then 87, and then 100. And then, 100. And then we're going to have him on more and more and more until he's our second mind. <laughs> and then we have four-person show. We'll just combine Jay and the mind. We'll just like kind of like morph them like a, like a Super Saiyan mode or whatever. Wow, and I was actually ready today to make a Pacific Rim joke very similar to that. <laughs> I was going to say with uh, with Jay and the mind, they can like operate a Jaeger or something on Pacific Rim. Maybe that's what we should do for episode 100 if I'm back for it, is me and the mind finally have that one-on-one trivia challenge. I've been wanting to do this for oh, like two years. That sounds amazing. It would be interesting because I feel like my my memory of like the 80s and 90s 
are awesome, but him in like the 2000s and, and later, like his more modern knowledge would trump mine. So it'd be an interesting like challenge to see who's oh, who knows I, the most. I, uh, I I feel this has to happen now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the mind may disagree with that, which adds fuel to the fire. Oh, here we go. But uh, I know how much uh, knowledge Jay has, and uh, I know. Um, well, I think I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm understanding um, the mind's knowledge. But uh, Jimmer's knowledge is not far off as well. It's almost like we need you as a third odd person out there with the the Jeopardy button. I'm like somebody this. does have to lose, so. <laughs> Someone has to there's always got to be a winner, and there's always got to be a jimmer. Does that mean I have to dress like Alex Trebek? <laughs> I don't have the mustache for it. Yeah, shave the shave uh, the rest of your face. Just leave the stash. Oh, just the stash. Just the stash. Oh. All right, Survivor Series 2018. The ever-changing pay-per-view. Uh, gotta say, um, started off looking like a kind of a dull show except for Ronda versus Ronda versus Becky, Becky. Um, I felt basically especially after Raw like before they started announcing um, her injuries and everything I really felt like that that was pro- that was going to headline Survivor Series what do you think Jay uh, it's a tough call um I think it definitely had the most momentum going into it. Uh, I, I, I don't know though, especially with uh, Lesnar being on the card, right? And AJ, like they're both, they're all fairly over all four of these people. But Becky right now with her momentum, kind of did lean towards that. Uh, it should have been the main event. Whether or not it would be, though, you never know what they're thinking. Right. Well, yeah, it it could call for a mania, a mania main event now between Becky and Ronda. It's looking looking like it could go that route. Yeah. I, Sorry. I read on Twitter actually uh, that the Observer was talking that that's the plan as of right now already. Like they seem very high on having Ronda and Becky at, down the line, and Mania looks like the the place for it to happen. And they're even saying that it actually might main event the, the entire pay per view. So that's even double interesting because that's what the plan was a year ago with Charlotte and Ronda. Charlotte. It, everything's changed now. It's kind of like now it's Charlotte and Ronda now. Absolutely. What's interesting is that um, we like we've been talking uh, on the show about now that Triple H is injured, um, like really, and and who is there to even really challenge Brock Lesnar that is is really big enough to main event a WrestleMania? Um, uh, Erock had brought up, well, maybe it'll be Charlotte and Ronda. And I personally felt like that that they wouldn't main event. However, now, and especially if they can keep that momentum with Becky going, and of course Ronda is super popular, of course, may, they could very well headline WrestleMania 35. Be crazy. Absolutely, yeah. The, the momentum Becky has right now is unmatched to anybody else on the roster. So yeah. right now she just looks like the biggest star in the world. Yeah, Agreed. I think it would really work. It would work. So, yeah, let's, you know what? Let's just segue into this match. Why not? So, Ronda versus Charlotte. Who are you guys calling? Uh, I'd have to go with Ronda, especially if they are going Ronda and Becky at Mania. But I think the, the idea for a long time has been to protect Ronda and make her look as unbeatable as possible. Yeah, this is a, um, this is a hard not, one, man. 
whether or not they protect Charlotte in the meantime, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, if it's going to be a clean finish or not. Uh, it'll be interesting, though. I'm definitely excited for the match. I have trouble seeing this being a clean finish, uh, but they're both they're both faces. That's the problem. Will Becky yeah. somehow interfere? Because she's still not she's not wrestling, so she won't get hurt. Yeah, she wouldn't be physical in the match. I don't think the the doctors would allow it. But as far as like coming out with her entrance music and standing on the ramp or something is a possibility. I I had mentioned or I had talked to a couple people anyways. They're because Ronda's going to need something after this. You know, do you stick Nia Jackson to meet out there? So, you, you know, you beat up the faces and get a little bit of heel heat, and then you've got Nia versus Ronda right away for the next pay-per-view. Yeah. Well, uh, you know what? I'm going to make my call here. I actually, I think Charlotte's going to win. I think Becky's going to interfere. I think she's going to attack Ronda, and it's going to prolong their feud. And that way it kind of protects Ronda. And it protects Charlotte. So I think Becky interference, Ronda lost, Charlotte win. Yeah, for me, I, I, like, I feel that Ronda's going to get the win on this one. I do think Becky is, gonna be, is going to be a factor. Um, now, she may... Like, I think there will be a bit of... Like, I, I don't want to say physicality. Like, maybe like a trip or something that... Um, causes Charlotte to get distracted or something which would allow Ronda to get the win which I mean does kind of protect Charlotte it makes Ronda still look strong it does protect Charlotte because she only lost because she was distracted keeps the keeps the whole Becky versus Charlotte thing you could even you could even somehow um you know, uh, negate the whole hugging thing on SmackDown this past <laughs> week, which I felt was very strange. But um, yeah, so anyways, I'm calling Ronda on this one for sure. I think it might be a good match. Um, I really don't like. Definitely, this is not headlining Survivor Series for sure. No, there's not enough heat behind it, right? It's just kind of a cold match now. Uh, yeah, um, I agreed. Especially with the momentum now uh, for the other. Uh, champion versus champion match of the men's one like that there's going to be a lot of excitement and eyes on that one too absolutely so you were calling Ronda then you think Ronda oh, I said Ronda yeah for sure and uh, Jay you said Ronda as well yeah okay sounds good next match Seth Rollins Intercontinental Champion going up against Shinsuke Nakamura United States Champion Raw versus Smackdown what do you guys got um I'm going to go with Nakamura on this one I, I think he needs it more than Seth does uh, and Seth has a thing going on with Dean, right? So I'm not going to call every match having interference on this pay-per-view, but this one has the potential for that too. <laughs> I'm so but, uh, on that. I, I just think Nakamura needs the win because he hasn't been doing a whole lot lately on TV. There's just been so much other stuff going on. So, yeah, that's the way I see it anyways. Yeah, I I, um, I agree. I think Shinsuke is going to win. Uh, I think it's going to be interference. I think Dean's going to actually cost Seth the match. Uh, this one actually seems even more obvious than uh, Becky interfering on the previous match. So, yeah, no, I I, I agree with both of you. I think it's going to be um, Nakamura taking the win on this. Um, exactly, Seth. Uh, Seth. Um, Dean Ambrose is going to uh, interfere, whether he um, straight up takes him down when the referee is not is is not looking or down or whatever. Um, or just, you know, again, does a distraction type thing. He's going to get involved, and that's going to be enough for, yeah, for Nakamura to get the win. And I agree with you, Jay. He needs this. He needs the win 
Um, Rollins winning doesn't really make sense. I don't feel Rollins really needs it either. You know, so it would just be a burial for Nakamura. It, it would just feel kind of like a placeholder match if they were to go with Rollins winning. Like, it wouldn't accomplish anything. So yeah. I think that's why, especially now with all the injuries, they need some drastic changes. Yes. And this would be a good one. Yeah. Speaking of drastic changes, our next match up here, Brock Lesnar versus a... No, wait. Jinder Mahal. Jinder. Oh, no, not Jinder. Oh, AJ. No, not AJ. Well, who's he fighting? He's fighting Daniel Bryan. Oh, they don't know who Lesnar's fighting at Survivor Series these last couple of years. <laughs> That's true. I never thought about that. <laughs> like, wow. a week, like a week and a half before Survivor Series last year, it was supposed to be... Brock versus Jinder <laughs> and then great. all of a sudden AJ wins and that's scrapped so now it's AJ versus Brock this year it's supposed to be AJ versus Brock five days before the pay-per-view freaking Daniel Bryan wins <laughs> so next year it's going to be Daniel Bryan versus Brock scrap that it's going to be Mojo Rawley oh no hey guys it's me I'm going to take you on Brock Lesnar <laughs> Meet you in the bathroom, dude. Oh, yeah. That's usually where you can find him. Uh, Drink it in, dude. <laughs> oh, man. So, anyways, yeah, so you got Brock Lesnar, Universal Champion, Daniel Bryan, WWE Champion, a heel Daniel Bryan, appears you know, to be. You know what's funny about this is, um, do you remember when uh, when Daniel Bryan did his retirement speech? Uh, he had that, uh, there was that WWE 24 special on about, uh, Goodbye Daniel. And, uh, right. and Daniel Bryan was, had this whole thing backstage with Bree and I can't remember who else, but he was actually talking about how he would wrestle Brock Lesnar and that he had all of this planned out. So I wonder if he's going to utilize any of this stuff. Oh, it was with, uh, Sami Zayn. It was him, Zayn and Bree backstage. I I know it's been a match he's been wanting to do and people have been wanting for a very long time. I even want to say back to when Brian first won the title at SummerSlam. People, like, it was Punk and Lesnar that year and people were kind of already buzzing about a potential Brian and Brock match. And it's crazy, like two years ago, you never thought this was going to happen because of the injury and everything. And yet here we are in the middle, you know, out of nowhere. Yeah. It's hard to say who's going to win this match. Um, kind of teetering on Daniel Bryan here. Don't know why. Underdog thing, I, get, I think, is where I'm going with this. I was going to say, like, you had Brock Lesnar um, lose years ago to uh, Eddie Guerrero, and that was a shocking win. Yeah. A shocking win, and it was huge for Eddie. Eddie needed that win more than Brock Lesnar did. And we already, I guess Brock Lesnar was kind of already on his way out, but the, the loss to Eddie didn't hurt Brock Lesnar. Um, and, and today, I don't think that a loss to Daniel Bryan, especially a heel Daniel Bryan that may uh, incorporate some heel tactics. Um, and Iraq uh, uh, and I were talking before uh, you were on the air, Jay, we were talking a little bit about the fact that Brock Lesnar definitely showed some signs of being a face this past week on Raw. Definitely. So um, I, I could right. totally see Daniel Bryan, um, you know, utilizing those kicks and uh, and hitting them with a couple of high knees and somehow pulling out the win. Uh, uh, 
Ryan's a guy that's been studying MMA as far as I know too a lot. So like he's a big fan of, of uh, the holds and the locks and all that. Wow. So I think yeah, he's going to wrestle that kind of style with Brock and. Uh, he'll definitely take into consideration the size difference too. It's not going to be like even playing field here, but I I just think the fans love Brian so much and like this. He, it's cool to turn heel, you know, in today's day and age. So I think everyone's going to be behind Brian regardless of alignment right now, especially being the underdog as well. Um, yeah, I um, I don't know if I would go with Brian though. It, it would be great, like it, it's wishful thinking if he were to win, but I just think they have too much of an asset still with Brock in their minds that they want to keep him as clean as possible until they take the belt off of him. Yeah, and I guess even a, even a, a Daniel Bryan loss, like a hard-fought loss, doesn't really hurt him much either in the long run. Like you said, he's got that popularity. I think the heel turn um, was needed. It, like he needed a bit of a different direction yeah. for sure. Like he was just kind of for me, it was a little he was a little stagnant in what he was doing. Floundering. He's floundering. Yeah, I agree. For sure. What do you think, you rock? Uh, I'm gonna stick with my Daniel Bryan guess. Yeah. Which is crazy that I have guessed SmackDown on all three matches so far. Could you imagine SmackDown sweeping this whole thing? Well, I know that I have other SmackDown guesses coming up. So um, yeah. Let's proceed. So we made our guesses then. So I'm Daniel Bryan. You two are Lesnar. No, I said I said Daniel. You, oh, you went underdog. Yeah, I went underdog. Sounds yeah. good. All right, next up, <laughs> Team Raw: Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, and Bobby Lashley, everyone's favorite, <laughs> going up against Team SmackDowns: Miz, Shane McMahon, Rey Mysterio, Samoa Joe, and Jeff Hardy. Throwing things at the wall here. What do you got there, Jimmer? Well, um, this is not a match I care much about. <laughs> I'm not, not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not, uh, this is not a match that just screams excitement for me. Um, I mean, the, the elimination matches are, are usually pretty fun. I hate the fact that Shane McMahon is in this match. <laughs> Um, you know, even he's you insert- can't exclude the best wrestler in the world, though. Oh, here we go that, again. Oh no, <laughs> Jay lo- Jay's favorite I part. I love it. I don't care. I didn't get my ch- I didn't get my chance to voice my opinion on it. Yeah, but oh man, I was laughing so hard. I loved it so much when that happened. And just at, at the hypocrisy and ludicrousy of it all, it was just absolutely amazing. I loved it. See, that's actually the reason why I also wanted to get you on episode 86 instead of 87 was you and I watched Crown Jewel together, and I just wanted to hear your uh, your your right. re- your recent review of <laughs> the Shane win. Yeah, I knew what you felt about it. Yeah, it is pretty hypocritical, though. Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely favorite thing on the show. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Redonkulous. But I'm switching my um, my bets on this one. I think uh, Team Raw is going to take this one, you especially think? with Strowman being on that team mm. and McIntyre. So seems like a stronger team. And I, I got Bobby I Lashley. See, I want to see Shane McMahon be the sole survivor, actually. Oh, no. Just to prove that he is the best wrestler in the world. <laughs> you know what? I can actually see them doing that. Oh, no. To be perfectly honest. Like, really, on, on paper, um, the Raw team should win. Yeah. 
But, um, yeah, I almost feel I almost feel Shane is going to be the sole survivor. Because they've been talking about a potential um, Shane McMahon heel turn anyways. So, for him to somehow steal the win um, and be the sole survivor... Uh, he, he could brag about himself, like you said, Jay, truly being the best in the world. And how ridiculous is that? I, I think it's cold. I, I would do it, for sure, if I was the booker. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to call Team SmackDown. I'm going to go with uh, Raw on this one. Who are you calling for this one, Jay? Uh, I'm going to go with the SmackDown team. I feel like Shane is going to be the MVP somehow, maybe even by you know showing off some heel tactics. I, I just feel like they're... There's a plan with Shane, and and it's going to come to fruition here, so it'll be exciting to see how that plays out. I feel like I'm the odd man out in a lot of these matches here. <laughs> Jay, I think you and I are kind of on the same page for sure on that one. Page here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Did you guys see the new trailer for her movie? I or, did, actually, I know, yeah. They just released it today, I believe. It actually looks really it good. It looks good. I'm excited for it. Me too. Yeah. Actually, we just watched the, my wife and I just watched the movie... Um, uh, on Netflix, it's called Outlaw King. It's starring uh, Chris Pine, and he's the uh, like the he's kind of like the the king of Scotland back in like the 1300s. And uh, his wife, so I guess the queen, um, is played by the girl who's playing Paige in the movie. I can't think of her oh, name. Oh, nice! Can't think of her name, but her name's here, comma Paige. Paige, yeah. <laughs> okay, next up, we got. Team Raw is Mickey James, Nia Jax, Tamina, Natalia, and Ruby Wright versus Team SmackDown: Carmella, Naomi, Sonya Deville, Asuka, and question mark. I've never heard of that one before. She must be new. Mrs. To be announced? Has it been announced yet? I'm not sure. Jay. Is it the Undertaker? It's, it's Sarah. No, I haven't heard anything. No, I haven't either. But I'm very, very uh, persistent that Team SmackDown will win this one. I think it's very obvious. Like, Raw's team is, like, all heels. Yeah, I agree, yeah. That seems to be fairly stacked on SmackDown side, yeah. I think Nia's classified as a heel now. It's kind of a question mark. Yeah, they're, they're pushing that team. I, I'm not sure where it's going, though. <laughs> With Tamina? I like I like it when Alexa Bliss was introducing yeah. all of them, and she got to Tamina, and she didn't know what to say because <laughs> she has like no no championships. She's been around a long time, Tamina Snuka. She's been around for forever too. Yeah, yeah. She she, she debuted with the Usos. <laughs> That's true. Was she was she who was with um, Deuce and Domino like years ago? She wasn't with them, right? Or was that somebody else? No. That was Cherry. Who was yeah. she? Who was she? Was she anybody? Um, I want to say she was a wrestler, but we never got to see that on TV anyways. Okay. I, I don't have too much of a memory on her, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were very memorable tag teams, so. Bunch of losers. <laughs> yeah. Don't There's that one WrestleMania you. moment they had where they had to try to catch The Undertaker and failed miserably. <laughs> So we're all on SmackDown on this one? Yeah, I'm going SmackDown too. Sounds good. What do we got next, Jimmer? All right, we've got the uh, Raw Tag Team Champions versus the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. So you've got the uh, AOP, Akam and Razor, uh, with 
their uh, their their little guy, Drake Maverick, <laughs> the little man, the, the little guy, the potato dude, <laughs> uh, versus the Bar, of course, Cesaro and Sheamus, and uh, yeah, they've got the Big Show in their corner, heel versus heel, yeah, heel, yeah, yeah, or I guess AOP are heels, right? Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure they're heels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who do I <laughs> do I care? <laughs> I don't really care very much about this match. Um, I'm gonna go with AOP because they're up and comers. It's a really dumb reason. Yeah, uh, I would say maybe give the new team the win. Yeah, that's that's where I'm going with it. Give the new team the win. Give them the rub. Yeah, you could give them the rub. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the spot in the rub. Drake Maverick's gonna attack Big Show. <laughs> oh, they're gonna set up a Mania match right there. <laughs> oh no! Drake Maverick versus the Big Show, WrestleMania 35. Book it. <laughs> I've heard worse. <laughs> Akibono. There's there, there's worse. Oh, speaking of. Oh uh, no. <laughs> Being a big show in a thong, <laughs> I just saw on uh, Instagram. <laughs> you remember when the big show was doing all these, uh, all those gimmicks, and uh, he he was like, um, you know, the 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 showster. He was like Hulk Hogan, and he was doing all these different little gimmicks. Anyways, he was Rikishi at one point, right? Yeah. And um, he was Shokishi, and they were both in a tag team match. And at the end, yeah. of course, they both danced. Oh. No! Terrible. And no one ever saw Rikishi again. That was the end of well, Rikishi? I'm not really sure if it no, was, but... He fell on his butt. <laughs> Those big, sweaty Samoan cheeks. Those big, sweaty ass cheeks. <laughs> oh, yeah! Oh, Vince loves those Samoan cheeks. <laughs> Bury my face in it. I'm choosing SmackDown. I think I'm, I'm gonna continue with the SmackDown trend here. Oh, okay. So you're not going AOP? Nope, I'm going bar. You're going bar, not AOP? Nope. Okay. Going the bar. Let's go. I think the bar's going to win this one. Hey, yo. Oh, wait. Thanks, Mojo. That's what I'm here for, guys. I'm still trying to open this can. What? What are you stuck? Alright. Next up. Another... Even more shambled match. This is like the worst match ever. <laughs> this is the tag team. Oh. Um. That's what happens when you have two weeks of build for a pay-per-view. Yeah. A tag team Survivor Series match? I feel they did this before, right? I think they did. So, okay, so is it... So they actually have to tag people in? Yeah, and then what oh, happens? I, I think, get it. And then I think what happens is that when like one guy gets eliminated, the whole, the whole team gone. is eliminated. Yeah, oh. this is this has actually been uh, already signaled to be on the pre-show, and and it should be. So we got Team Raw, which is uh, oh Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. <laughs> oh, no, got the revival. Oh, winners there. We got the B team. That name says it all. We got Lucha House Party for some reason. Boo. And the Ascension. Now there's a winning team. <laughs> Look at this mash of crap. It's the Job Squad. I'm sorry. This is the Job Squad. This is the line for, uh, like, jobs. This is the unemployment line. But then it's funny, that, but then you look at the SmackDown side, and it's so much better. 
You got New Day. Yeah. You got... Uh, the Usos. Oh, the Usos there, yeah. And then well, you got Gallows and Anderson. Well, that's Raw. No, they're, no, they're SmackDown. Are they SmackDown? Oh, yeah, oh, they sure. got traded They've been over? on SmackDown for a while, yeah, yeah. Well, they're even better. Yeah, just if you look at the Raw side, they're weaker. Yeah, way weaker. Way and then you've got Sanity. Sanity. haven't really gotten a chance to really show much. And the Colognes. And then the, the Colognes still employed, apparently. That is a lot of people in there. That oh. is, that's a lot. They better, they better uh, fortify that ring. How do they keep ring. finding work? <laughs> right? <laughs> Jay, who, they Jay, who do you... They've been longer than Tamina, and they... <laughs> well, I think Vince, uh, Vince and Carlos Colon, well, he, they just, they just bought his video library, hey, the, the World Wrestling Council. So it's, uh, he's returning the favor. Throw your boys on here. Who do, who have you got in this one, Jay? <laughs> um... The SmackDown side is ridiculously stacked to the point where I think they'd almost want to just do a fun holy shit moment with some other team beating them out. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure who they would give it to. They sort of seemed high on the revival a couple months ago, but then that went away quickly again. Um, for fun, I'll say Raw. I don't know why, but I just have a feeling. So it is separated between Raw and SmackDown? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's the last team. Okay. Oh, I'm going to go with SmackDown because it's so stacked. Yeah, I'm going to go with SmackDown as well. I think they're probably going to, like traditionally, um, Kofi has been getting, has always gotten the crazy spots. So I think it's going to be him. Um, although I guess the Lucha House Party, they could fly around and do something cool. But uh, I'm going to call SmackDown on this one. And I'm gonna give I'm gonna give SmackDown the sweep. So is Lucha House Party? They're on the the Raw side. You know what? I don't know. They're on the 205 Live. Oh side. yeah, so that's Raw. Oh, Which so do you be... think the Lucha House Party and the New Day are gonna have some sort of a thing? Because they're kind of knockoffs of the New Day. You can't you can't deny that. Well, I wouldn't say a knockoff. I guess there's similarities. I think there's gonna be a comedy segment or moment in that match yeah, between there, there could very well be do you see similarities in the team there jay yeah like now that you say it 100 percent, they sort of see like this smaller version of the new day they can prance around on 205 live one's got pancakes one has noisemakers i guess um the, the lucha house party though on 205 live that, like that's one of the shows i watch weekly uh, just because it's a one hour long and man like for three guys in masks that can move well, they just have nothing to do with them on TV every week. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I guess because they only get the one hour, so they kind of have to choose, pick and choose who they want to put the spotlight on. So let's It's just sort of formulaic, though. Like, they'll just throw them against teams or, like, build a team for a couple weeks so they can, you know, have match after match with them, and then it's just on to the next team. Okay, here we go. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. All right, and then the last, the last match here that I guess has been announced is uh, Buddy Murphy defending the Cruiserweight title against Mustafa Ali. Now, this, I think, has a chance to be a very good match. Uh, at Crown Jewel, Buddy Murphy versus... No, sorry, that was Super Showdown. Buddy Murphy versus uh, Cedric Alexander, I think, was probably match of the night. Gave it a 9.5 out of 10, Buddy. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So who, who, who are we calling on this? What do you think, Jay? I'm going with Buddy Murphy, 100%. He just yeah. won the title. He's got some momentum. 
Um, they seem to be teasing a couple things on the show weekly, too. But, yeah, I agree with the whole match of the night's uh, guess on this because uh, Buddy and Mustafa have had a couple of matches on 205 Live, and they've absolutely killed it each and every time. Those guys are just driven unlike the rest of the roster, to just steal the show and get everyone's attention. And I, I think they're going to bring it now that they're on pay-per-view for the first time together. Yeah, I agree with you, Buddy Murphy. And I remember uh, one of the recent matches between Mustafa Ali and Buddy Murphy. Uh, there were some crazy out-of-the-ring moments there on, on, the, ta- on the table. Uh, really enjoy their stuff. So looking forward to this match. Yeah, and it's interesting um, that they're the guys, like, that are really reaching for that brass ring, right? Like it's an, and it's unfortunate that they're not they're not really given a, a proper spotlight. Um, but they're the guys; these are the guys day in and day out just busting their butts. Where it seems like a, a lot of times the guys on Raw and SmackDown, I I don't want to you know you know I'm not gonna call them lazy or anything because they're doing a good job, but you don't a lot of times you don't feel that the guys on Raw and SmackDown are really giving it their all. And they're like they're really just, you know, trying to take it to that next level. Whereas guys on 205, especially when they're when they're um, showcased on the pay-per-views, just pull out all the stops. All that said, Buddy Murphy is winning this match 100 percent as well. I think it's similar to like look at uh, Becky Lynch though, or even like Sami Zayn, right? When you're when you're given nothing, I don't know if it's that you're not motivated or that you have tighter restrictions because you haven't proven yourself yet. But once you have that moment that kind of catches the fans' attention and you get that momentum behind you and then all of a sudden you start being given more time on TV, I don't know if it's more confidence with what you're doing or just all of a sudden those restrictions kind of break away from the person and they're, they're allowed to kind of play with everything themselves more. I, I don't know if that's a lot of what is happening right now on TV, but you definitely see all the old guys all the time on Twitter and their podcasts always talking about maximizing their minutes and how not a whole lot of people are doing it. I don't know if it's writers and talent kind of butting heads or if it's just, yeah, talent being lazy or not. All right, so that's Survivor Series. Let's see what happens. Somewhat looking forward to it. Shouldn't be too, too bad. Uh, I guess we'll review it next week. It'll be a good one. Well, I will say that when I first uh, heard the, the potential of Becky being out of this mat being out of her match with Rhonda, like I was just pretty much almost figuring out I don't even want to watch the show anymore. But once they kind of once they uh introduced Charlotte in there, which is which is a fine replacement, um, and then once they kinda of did the whole thing with Daniel Bryan, I was um it kind of piqued my interest again. So I'm I'm interested to see where the rest of it's gonna go. Okay. Jay, eleven days ago, Saturday, November third PCW Hellbound, you faced an individual by the name of Kevin O'Doyle in what we suspect as O'Doyle Winnipeg's... Rules. O'Doyle Rules! That's what he likes to say anyways. Yeah. <laughs> he says it plural? How does he say it? No, he says O'Doyle Rules, yeah. Because that's, oh. that, that's from Billy Madison. It gets over. Think, right? It's an idea anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most Adam Sandler movies have an O'Doyle reference somewhere in them. Okay, I'm going to have to watch for them then. So you suspected that this is Winnipeg's first casket match, is that right? <laughs> um, uh, first well-marketed one anyways. I haven't heard of anything, and I've tried looking around for past results, and I hadn't seen anything. Um, interesting, PCW advertised one quite a few years ago. I want to say like 06 or 07, 
and uh, it just never came to fruition. The, the guys that were supposed to get the casket couldn't get a proper casket, so they just kind of created an angle out of it any, instead of a full match. So this was like the first full advertised match. Nice. Well, I want you to tell us what was all required to get this match put together. Specifically, you were discussing, uh, we were talking about this off-air, you and I, uh, the stories behind purchasing of the caskets. Tell, tell me what was all involved, buddy. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I've been pushing for this match for quite a while now because of kind of the stinker that was done before that just turned into an angle. I always wanted to kind of rectify that with the fans. So I've been pushing it for, for a while, and finally... Um, the promoter, Andrew Shawcross, kind of caved and went with it. Uh, to find caskets, though, is definitely not something that's easy information to come by, unless you're willing to drop tens of thousands of dollars, obviously. But we managed to find a, uh, a guy who makes caskets, mostly for up north uh, Aboriginal residences that are looking for something a little more cost-friendly. So what he usually builds are these these pine boxes that are for displays at the at the funeral itself, and then they'll just burn it when they cremate the bodies with the body itself. Um, so he went. Andrew Shawcross did all the shopping. He went and checked it out. Uh, he was showing all these boxes, but then we managed to also find a couple that were used as displays at funeral homes, and uh, obviously not of any good use. The the top. <laughs> The, the trick to these, actually, I guess it makes them a little more cost-efficient, too, for funeral homes to bring them in, is they're not completely made out of wood. So, like, the bottom is, for so it's wood, but the top is actually, like, a... Um, oh, what's the word for it now? I can't think of it. You said it was, like, like a, a laminate, laminate almost. Did you not? It's made to look exactly like a casket. Yeah, yeah, so... So, it... it, it it looks exactly like a casket. It works like a casket, but just a little lighter and a little more uh, cost-efficient for funeral homes and for a wrestling promoter needing a casket at the last minute for huh. uh, for a match. So tell us uh, the storyline between you and O'Doyle. How did it go down? How did it start? Um, God, when did it start? I believe it started... It kind of started when I won... Uh, it's called the Premier Rumble, and we had it in May of this year. Uh, I won. I won the Rumble, being number, I believe I was number four entrant, and O'Doyle was number three. And me and him hung on, kind of right up until the end. I wound up eliminating him and his buddies that are in the the Gentlemen's Club. That's their group name. Um, so I have this golden ticket, which is basically like money in the bank. I can cash in for any championship, anytime, anywhere, any place. Uh, but obviously, all the gold was on a Gentlemen's Club. So they used O'Doyle as the muscle to prevent me from cashing in time and time again. Uh, things kind of picked up where we were in Lorette, Manitoba having a match. And post-match, I was get, uh, getting interviewed. And he decided to jump me from behind in the locker room with a steel chair and knock me out. So I showed back up at uh, PCW's The One, which featured Kenny Omega's uh, homecoming return. And in front of about 300 people. Uh, he cheated to beat me. So right then and there, I challenged him. I says, you tried to bury me at Lorette. You tried to bury me here in front of all these people. Me and you, we're going to settle this. Casket match time. Nice, nice. And you actually, uh, um, Jay, you've been doing some uh, video blogs uh, the last uh, three, four weeks or so. And um, episode one does show 
you uh, show that clip of you after you've been uh, beat down a little bit or you, you got the better of it. I can't exactly remember off the top of my head, but you, you said those exact words. You tried to bury me in Lorette. You tried to bury me here. You, me, casket match. And that uh, was pretty intense. Yeah. Um, the, the vlog thing is cool. It's something I just started out. Uh, I actually just dropped episode uh, three this week. And uh, it just kind of covers my, like, behind-the-scenes journey of the show and just how I kind of mentally prepare and physically prepare for uh, my matches and everything, just saying hi to everybody backstage. Uh, yeah, so, like, the, the arc right now is kind of covering the whole casket match scenario. The episode I dropped today is actually the day of the casket match where I cover my lack of sleep thanks to staying up all night with Eric watching Crown Jewel. And then... Uh, <laughs> And then, yeah, getting mentally prepared and, and going over the match details. Very nice. And where, which uh, which bar did you have the match in again? <laughs> it's that Doubles Fun Club, you guys' favorite venue in Winnipeg. <laughs> we love Doubles Fun Club. How is that for a plug? We, we, we're plugging it all the time here on the Regular Guys Wrestling <laughs> Podcast. For sure. You guys are, definitely. I appreciate it. <laughs> I especially like it when the mind mentions it for some reason. <laughs> oh... So, so how the ma- how the match end up turning out? Did you like the match? Was it a was it a lengthy match? Did the fans like it? Yeah, um, I was I was not quite sure on the turnout because this was actually just two weeks after our Kenny Omega show that we had. So you know you're you're always worried about fan attendance. It's kind of hit or miss depending on what else is going on in the mm-hmm. city. Not that we draw terrible or anything like that, but you want a big crowd for a big match like this, especially if you're going to go kind of all out with you know with all the bells and whistles um i was impressed O'Doyle's a fairly new guy uh to the winnipeg scene he's only been wrestling for probably a little over a year now and this was his first uh big singles match Mm. of sorts so uh we uh, we went i believe 20 minutes bell to bell and uh he was there for any everything he was awesome in the ring uh i i've really enjoyed working with him but uh the match itself it was quite challenging just to I mean, you don't have the resources and production value of a WWE, so but you still want to give that casket match slash Undertaker experience that you would get, right? That that's that's kind of all the preconceptions that come with the match. So to be able to deliver on that and figure out the how and, and the moves and to make it unique too, you don't want to just carbon copy every casket match and just kind of give that out because it's been seen and done before. So uh, definitely had a little bit of a challenge to make things exciting interesting and new and especially with o'doyle being i believe he's around 350 pounds could be a little heavier than that yet and i'm 205 so there's a big enough size difference there too that you got to play with so it definitely made for a challenge of putting a match together um overall though um i'm my own worst critic i am extremely happy with how the match turned out uh we were there for everything that was you know planned and constructed I thought we did a lot of cool things. Um, uh, there was just something missing. I don't know if it's a special it factor or what, but just thinking back, there's something that I'm beating myself over with, and I can't even explain what it is. But uh, the crowd enjoyed it. They seemed to enjoy it. You know, they were fairly loud throughout the match. Um, I even dusted out Undertaker's WrestleMania 25 dive at some point in the match. Nearly crippled myself, but uh, oh, no. I was okay after, luckily, and had to continue with the next 15 minutes of the match. Yeah, so... 
Um, no, like, I, I'm really happy with it. I actually just watched it back today again on video because I was editing for the next episode of my YouTube vlog, and you'll be able to see it. Uh, it's cut down to music video form. But I was really happy. I thought we told a really good story. We A lot of different stories actually kind of combined together. Um, I, th I always find that really important. But like I said, I'm my own harshest critic and usually are in wrestling. So it's tough to say it was my best match ever. But I definitely had a lot of fun doing it. And I think it was great. And I hope the fans were happy with it. Awesome. Um, I saw a, a few clips of the show there uh, of the match. And uh, at one point, you took a pretty big... I can't remember if it was a choke slam or if it was, um, it was some sort of... A, um, Pretty uh, impactful slam onto one of those uh, one of those um, boxes, one of those those uh, those cheaper caskets. Yes, and uh, that, that... Um, the, the plywood was a lot thicker than I thought it was going to be. Or not plywood, the pine. Sorry, was a lot thicker than I thought it was going to be. So I jumped off the apron. Yes, hang on. I jumped off the apron, and O'Doyle caught me. And he walks around the ring to one of these boxes that I had set up because I was going to place him in it earlier. Um, so uh, it backfires on me, and he absolutely drives me, which was the instruction because the goal was to break this thing. But it was built too strong. <laughs> my back and my elbows were just absolutely on fire immediately. <laughs> I was the crowd, the crowd went along with it. They bought it. They were, they were going nuts. But uh, one of the referees came and checked up on me, and I remember looking up at him and just saying, like, just give me two minutes and I'll be okay. <laughs> so he went to O'Doyle to stall for time a little bit so I could recollect myself. But, yeah, a little thicker than I was expecting when I was going through it. Was the turnout okay? I've actually still got – it's been 11 days. I've still got – yeah, the turn, there was over 117 people, I believe, security told me. They do, like, an official count at the door, which is cool. Nice. So, like, I was really happy with the turnout. Uh, and they were very vocal for us, too. I think it was one of the bigger marquee matches on the show, so they were pretty emotionally invested in it. But yeah, I was going to say 11 days after, and I've still got the very black, blue, and purple elbows to show that, yeah, I hit that thing pretty damn hard. Ooh. You got tingling in your fingers? Yeah, no, everything's fine. I feel okay. Um, like, elbows aren't even sore anymore. Just the bruising is very, very ugly. Not e I wouldn't even say the most physical match I've been in, but it definitely hurt for a couple of days after. Right. My goodness. Um, would you uh, would you consider doing a match like this again? Um, obviously, maybe not anytime soon, but um, would you consider maybe doing something like this or of this, that you know, this... Yeah, basically this. Caliber? Caliber is the word I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> we we were talking about it after, and uh, I think because this was the first round with it, uh, there was definitely some learning curves to hit during the, the show. Um, when you watch back a lot of uh, the old casket matches, you had that 90s wrestling crowd that wasn't as smartened up and, and very kid-friendly, whereas this was a bar show environment. So um, one thing we noticed is that when we were teasing uh, being thrown into the casket or throwing the guy into the casket, they weren't as vocal as I thought they were going to be. Just because it's an adult crowd, they kind of, it's almost like a last man standing match. You know, you're just kind of waiting around and it's kind of a slow, monotonous 
build to see if it's actually the finished or not. Uh, there's no drama and excitement behind it almost. Mm. Uh, that was one of the things we learned. Um, other than that, we need to build uh, stronger 30-year caskets, not to go through, but to be placed in. Um, but uh, yeah, no, definitely, I would actually go for a second one, knowing what I know now after those experiences. Whew. Maybe maybe uh, talk, talk about not being slammed into the top of a pine box. <laughs> yeah, I will probably veto that if yeah. that ever gets tri- tried next time. <laughs> So any other ideas, Jay, for gimmick matches you'd like to take part in in the future? Uh, I, I've been lucky. I've kind of hit almost everything on my bucket list. I've done street fights. I've done Iron Man matches. We went the full 60 minutes. Um, I've done ladder matches. I've done the casket match. I've been in a steel cage match. I've hit everything I can think of. Um, I mean, buried Alive, obviously, is out of the question. But... Um, <laughs> Nothing that I can think of right now. I would like to redo um, some of the ones, again, just from learning experience, right? Doing another Ironman match, doing another cage match somewhere down the line. Doing a ladder match in Winnipeg would be a thrill with the right crowd behind it, too. I've never done a ladder match in Winnipeg. Got to get the right advertising out. Um, I'll plug the YouTube. I'm very excited about uh, my YouTube show vlog. It's, uh, it's called Unhacked. You can find me at my account. It's just like all my other social media accounts. It's at IamJWalker, so I-A-M-J-Walker. Uh, I post weekly. Like I said, the newest episode just went up where it covers the day of the casket match. The newest episode for next week will be the casket match itself, so you can see me break it down and try to tell the story in a music video format. It's very behind-the-scenes and very different from what a lot of guys are doing. You actually do see me and O'Doyle talking over our spots in the casket match, which is very breaking the fourth wall. But I think it's interesting, and I think for fans, it's something unique and just offers you a little bit more inside without giving away how all the magic's done. Just a new perspective and a way to kind of relate to the struggles of putting together a match and just trying to be a professional wrestler. I think that's the side that doesn't get covered enough. Um, Also, in a future episode... Um, I'll have an exciting uh, guest appearance by Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I'm actually going to be driving out to Morden tomorrow, where I will be fighting for the CWE Heavyweight Championship, another promotion in Manitoba. And Brutus the Barber Beefcake is going to be the special uh, outside ring enforcer. So I might be coming back with a new haircut, too, on that episode. (laughs) (laughs) Free haircuts. I wonder if he carries around those big scissors with him everywhere he goes. Yeah, the big, uh, what do they call those anyway? Uh, Cheers. I wonder Cheers. how that is at airports. You're no kidding. <laughs> Cheers, yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. That was... Uh, no, it'll be exciting. I, I've done a show once with Brutus, and he's quite the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Brutus has been around a long time. I remember uh, he was even, he was in, uh, I think, WrestleMania 2. So he's been around forever. Oh. Oh, for sure. I think he's actually gone through like 18 different gimmick changes over the years. Wow, crazy, hey, man. So, anyways, Jay, this was uh, this was great to talk with you. Great to talk about your match. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, thanks for chatting Survivor Series with us, telling us. Yeah, a little no, bit thanks of... for having me again. Yeah. No, this was great. We'll do it again on episode 100. That's gonna be a bigger. <laughs> I'm excited. 
We just scrap 88 through 99. <laughs> just next week is 100. <laughs> it's like Windows 10. We just skip 9. <laughs> All right. All right, man. We'll Nerd. <laughs> Nerd. Nerd. <laughs> Computer references. Uh, well, thanks again, Jay. Thanks again, Jay, and we'll talk to you again real soon, all right? Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Our thanks again to the social media superstar, the glitch in the system, Jay Walker, for joining us to talk about his match, the first ever casket match, potentially in Winnipeg, um, as well as talking about Survivor Series. That's coming up this Sunday. Breaking it down. Breaking it down. And, of course, we want to thank everyone for listening to the show, for continuing to support us and sharing um, as often as you get a chance. Um, as always, you can find and connect with us on the Twitter. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. All three of those social media places, just find us at RGW Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Podcasts or Google Play. You can find us on castbox.fm. Podchaser, Breaker.audio, Stitcher, Podbean, Ubook.com, Podcast.com. You, of course, can find us on our website, RegularGuysWrestling.com. Um, and also our second favorite website, ListenNotes.com, where you can catch all 87 episodes of the RGW Podcast. Tremendous. Tremendous. And uh, with that, there's not much left to say, but we will catch you next time. Ciao for now.